And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Down the Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I am Joanne Shaw, owner of Down-to-Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Hello there, Matthew. Hello, Joanne. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right, and we are excited to kick off this year and a new season with a look at what's trending in 2022. We're so excited to be back after our break, aren't we, Matt? Aren't we? Oh. Yes. Um, so to look at what's trending this year, we are looking to Garden Media Group's Garden Media Group's Garden Trends Report with our returning guest, Katie DeBow. Welcome to the show. Thank you both. I'm so excited to be the 20, the first guest of 2022. That's right. That's right. And so if you have a question about the Garden Trends Report or anything you're curious about coming up uh, in gardening this year, please, we would love to hear from you. Send your questions to instudio101 at gmail.com. That's right. So Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Garden Media Group? It's been a couple of years. We've got lots of exciting new listeners uh, who I'm sure are just anxious to hear what you have to say is new. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Garden Media Group, what you do and uh, what the report's all about? I'd love to. And I can't believe it's been a couple of years. You know, the way that the time has been these last two and a half years or however long it's been, I can't, I feel like we just talked, but um, I'm so excited to be here and and talk to the audience. I know we had a lot of great questions last time I was on and and what I usually come on is talking trends because I work for a public relations firm. We do marketing for the garden industry. We only work with companies in the industry and it's a company that my mom founded when she put me on the bus to kindergarten. So 30 some years ago, let's say, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, what's really fun for me is that my daughter started kindergarten the year that I bought the business from my mom. So two years ago, my mom officially has retired and um, I, the same age at 37 years, I was the same age when she started the business. So very much full circle for me. Um, And she has since retired, but really what we're here to talk about is trends and 20, this is our 21st report. So we've been producing trends and reporting on trends for 21 years, which is incredible when you look back at it. I've been back at the business now this, this last time. Of course, I started when I was six licking envelopes and helping her send out press releases <laughs> right. yeah. um, for, for the last 10 years. And so it feels like, um, you know, I'm starting to pick up some of the things that she did in predicting trends, but it really does. It takes a long time and I still rely on her. I present the report to her and I, you know, really hold my breath to see what she thinks, especially this year being in the pandemic. It's so hard to predict what's going to happen tomorrow, nonetheless, yeah. the following year. Yeah, definitely. And how have you found like your like, I don't know if it's a success rate kind of thing, but do you feel like you've been a pre I mean to keep doing it, right? Obviously, if you weren't very good at it, you probably would have stopped doing it. So you must be <laughs> you must be good at it. Well, 
Well, you know, I think that I, I think there's two parts to it. One is that we do a lot of research, so we definitely can predict some trends. And then there's also self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, I mean, I think that part of it is we go out there and we promote these trends and then media picks it up. And so I think that there is definitely part of it is that we are reporting on trends. But in some ways, I also like to think of it as that we're creating trends. So yeah. um, there have been with some we've missed. And the, the biggest one that sticks out to me is the fairy garden trend we saw that coming didn't think it would stick and boy were we wrong wow yeah. <laughs> I know it is funny to think anything even in home decor or especially gardening too like you do see that you know see, see a trend start like the macrame thing like who would have thought that that's like you know you thought oh that's just like a silly thing it's not going to really come back and it's still here a few years yeah. later you know so yeah the staying power uh, you never know what's going to happen. That's for sure. And then there are some trends I know that we have that we don't call trends anymore, like talking about pollinators, for instance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we try to still have some sort of part, you know, we'll get to this trend, this year's trends. Last year, we talked about frogs. So we still like to make sure we're talking about how people can support the, their backyard ecology or, you know, their local environment to be more sustainable. But to talk about bees anymore, when Cheerios takes their bee off the box of Honey Nut Cheerios, that is mainstream. So, you know, th those no longer are trends, but it's still important for us to figure out how we can continue to talk about things that are important, but in new ways. Mm -hmm. And so That's removing the word trend from something like the, the pollinators, do, is there another like term that you've coined for to replace the word trend in this kind of just keeping an eye on these things? I, I, I don't know why zeitgeist is the first, it's part of our, you know, world now it's, it's something that has become mainstream, I guess, to say, mm -hmm. you know, I think that especially in the pollinator world, maybe native plants need more attention still, but mm -hmm. I do think that even fifth, you know, five-year-olds know about bees and how right. important they are. And so I think that it mainstream might be a, a, a good word for that. Okay. And I was wondering that too. Yeah. So that just seems like the natural evolution. It just becomes yeah. more mainstream. Now we're just all talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of themes and trends and words, um, just kind of looking at the 2022 uh, trends report, you've on every report, you've always got an overarching theme to the trends and this year seems very positive can you talk about that yes so like you said we have a theme every year and how we do that is if we have any writers out there is typically when you write something you write your title last so you know you you know what you want to say but really the body of it creates the overarching title and it's the same way we do with our trends we like to make sure we get all of our trends solidified before we come up with the title and the overarching theme. We like to look and see what's that one thread that ties them all together. And this year, what we really saw in the title of our trends this year is from crisis to innovation, is that we came out of a period, which last year's trend was called the Great Reset. We came out of a period of, of a lot of uncertainty where people weren't sure what was, you know, like we said, you're going to happen the next day. And um, what we see coming this year and in the, the coming years is a lot of innovation. And that's really exciting, particularly in our industry, 
where innovation has been quite slow over the years. You know, getting a website for one of our garden retailers takes 10 years and, and being able to buy our products online and, you know, our, our industry joining social media. And I know a lot of industries are slow to change. People are slow to change mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but this innovation has been incredibly sped up. And so each one of our trends, it, it kind of ties in how we have left behind that crisis and we, we are ready to move forward with some big ideas for the industry and, you know, accelerate. So many things have accelerated over the last two years that maybe would have taken 10. Yeah, that's true. I think it's funny because not funny, but it, we, I think our industry was very slow to get websites, to do things like shopping online, having the, you know, curbside, you know, they never in a million years, three years ago would have thought they were, could do curbside um, or people phoning in orders and that kind of thing. And then they had to do it on a dime. Yeah. So I think it, it certainly shows resili- resiliency and they did it on a dime, not with just um, existing customers, but they had to adapt also to brand new spanking gardeners that are super keen, which is also so exciting. So exciting. And one of the things in our research, and I just want, I know that this, you know, lots of all different kinds of people listen to this show, but one mm-hmm. of the things that we are experiencing sellouts now, right? Like the shelves are empty. And one yeah. of the things that we have learned is that this new customer doesn't know that's not normal at the end of the spring season for things to be sold out. So I don't think we need to worry too much about that. We just keep moving forward. And mm-hmm. this new customer is going to now buy seeds now. You know, they were buying mm-hmm. seeds back in the fall. So we have a, a, almost shifted a new timeline for ordering because our products are, are so sought after now. Yes, yes. And education, I think, I don't know if that's a trend, but I, I think educating that those new people is really important because I think that sets them up for success because there's a whole bunch of poor and not poor people, but people, keen people who have started their pepper seeds, for instance, and, and, and it's far too early. And then they're going to be disappointed and think that they're not good at it. So I feel right. like we also need to, as an industry, figure out how we can not only support them, but set them up for a success. And you I mean, that's what we try to do here on Down the Garden Path, you know, is just to help educate and, and guide people and uh, let them know what to do when and what not to do sometimes, you know, yet that type of thing. So I think that's really important because it's hard. You know, there's so many people that say, oh, I have a black thumb or I can't do it or I never can get anything to work. And really, it's just needing a helping hand to, to make it happen. So. So, yeah, so I think it's exciting. It's an exciting time in our industry, isn't it? Yes, it sure is. And each year it's been from 2020 to 21. Will it continue? Well, yes, it sure did. Now from 21 to 22, I fully believe that the interest is um, it's still going to be here and it's going to be big and we're going to have another big booming spring. Excellent. Excellent. And that's always fun because we never know when spring starts, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have snow on the ground? We do a little bit, but we do. How about you? Yep. We got a, about six inches on Friday night. Now it's kind of, it's spotty here. Now it's melted a little bit, but it was nice. That was really, really fun to get that first big snow. And there was no school on Friday. So the kids were thrilled. That's good. That's good. Excellent. Well, in the report, you have eight trends that we're covering for 2022. Can you maybe walk us through all of eight? Give us a little sample of 
what each of them are, are predicting or trending and, and telling us to do this year? Yeah, I'd love to. And I'm not going to talk for that full time. We'll stop after each one and see what you guys think. Um, because these right. are fun for me. I, I, I have presented them. They officially released in September. So we've gotten a lot of great feedback, but I'm yeah. always open to more feedback. If you're listening, love to hear what you think. If you're seeing this out there um, or whatever other trends you're seeing, obviously we want to, Joanne, Matt, and I want to hear it. So the mm -hmm. first trend and the way that we look at our trends is, is I would call, um, a pyramid or an inverted pyramid. The first, I guess, an inverted pyramid. The first is going to be what affects the entire global scale, more macro. So then it goes down a little bit more just industry specific until some of our last trends are incredibly industry specific. So when we look at the first trend called the creator class, this is where we're really looking at super innovators and the really exciting group of people who are going to step up to help really supercharge our green economy. And we didn't call them the creator class. That's actually a name that Instagram coined for them when they created a whole new division of the platform just for this type of person. And it's a, usually either a small business owner or just an individual who is producing really stellar content with a product that they have to sell. So Maybe they're producing um, small macrame, Joanne, um, mm -hmm. you know, plant hangers or <laughs> some of these small micro businesses. And it's the point here of this creator class is it's those people of last year. We call the trends report the great reset, but I've seen it in the news lately called the great resignation. And it's the people who have left their jobs. They were maybe not so satisfied in their jobs and they quit. I saw a study, at least in the United States, that in November, we had the highest number of people quit jobs ever. 4.5 million people quit their jobs in November, which was wow. the second highest to that September, which was 3.5 million. So people are still leaving their jobs. And what are they doing? They're creating. They're, they're being creators. They're following their passions and they're doing things that they love. And so not only are they happier as individuals, but they're contributing so much really in, in, a in a local scale. You know, they're contributing back to their local community. And as we, we all know, gardening is such a community activity. You know, mm -hmm. certainly there are national brands, but you, you do it in your own yards and you affect change in your own community with, the, with what you're doing. So it's really great to see that these creators are supporting community and they're also bringing together community. So we've got these micro businesses that bring each other together. And so one of the cool things that we're seeing is these pop-ups. So certain creators in regions mm -hmm. get together and have these little markets. Now, you know, farmers markets have been around forever. So the difference here maybe is that some of these creators have a hundred thousand followers on social media. And so they get even more attention for these local topia events. So it's really fun to see not just people following their passions, but um, entering our industry. So their passions happen to be, you know, maybe they were in finance and they're coming into the green industry in droves. Wow, that's great. And it's great to see because I can say for the area that Matt and I live in, um, pops up pop ups are very popular and these little marketplaces are very popular. And so it's great to see that's not just a local trend that that's something you've seen worldwide. That is very exciting. Um, and also, Matt, I think of Dave's Airplant Corner. Um, so he's a yeah. micro business, like just like you said on Instagram, Katie, he started, he fell in love with um, air plants. 
and he started collecting them and then he started selling them and so he is on instagram this little micro business and you know we had him on the show a few weeks ago or before the new year and uh and it's been great and that's exactly fits exactly the uh, the example Yep. How cool is that? And I think the important thing to know is there's enough room for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, in this industry, we are always helpful. Mm-hmm. It's such an incredible thing to meet a new gardener and all they want to do is share plants with you, share cuttings, share yes. seeds. And I think mm-hmm. the same goes for new businesses. It's it's more welcoming. The more, the merrier is how, when we presented this trend, it's, it's, I've never heard from somebody, well, they're stealing my side of the business. No, there's, there's plenty of room for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that also, I agree with the landscape design side and landscape contractors, you know, they've always been this year with certain shortages, they're sharing machinery, they're sharing mm. equipment, they're sharing, oh, nice. you know, it's, uh, it's really, they're teaming up to help accomplish something on a deadline. You know, it's, it's really, um, yeah, the creator, I mean, there's a lots of kind of creators, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that is exciting. Cool. So, yeah. So moving on to the next trend um, is a word I also did not make up. Shoppertainment is the mm-hmm. name of this trend. And we actually read this in an, in an article about AliExpress, which is the Chinese Google, Alibaba, if you've heard oh, of that yes. site. Yeah. So yeah. Um, AliExpress has just blown all project, pro, uh, projections out of the water on their social retail e-commerce. So selling through e-commerce and uh, it's just scratching the surface here in the United States. And so basically what Shoppertainment is, is we're all watching videos right now. You're listening to the radio or you're listening to a podcast and you hear about something you like, but you can't buy it right there in the moment. You're watching a YouTube video. Most likely, yeah, there's ads that are getting shown to you, interrupting your garden video <laughs> that you're watching, but it's not likely the same ad that you're the products that you're hearing. So what this shoppertainment is, it's it's really tying in the content that you're absorbing with the products that you're seeing. And so you see it happening really, really quickly in beauty. So Nordstrom's and all of the big beauty, Ulta, all of these big beauty companies are having the ability to, so as the video is running, the little little products are ticking on the corner. And then there's also a personal bot, I'm sure, shopper who's, who's saying, can I help you? If someone says, I love that, well, can I help you find the right color for your skin tone? And so this really, we find to be so incredibly effective in the garden industry because there's so many, you know, regionality, regionality to our products, especially plants. And so someone might be watching a video about a hydrangea that they can't have in their region. So how helpful would it be to have actually a personal shopper? Or if it is a type of product or a tool that you can order immediately right there, they could click as they're watching an Instagram video, click Mm -hmm. it and buy it and have it shipped to their home. So we really do see this as the, um, future of retail and want to encourage our garden brands to do what they did the last two years and really make, make some change and see how they can Mm. incorporate this kind of shoppertainment into, into their educational videos. And if they don't have the ability to do it, a simple way is to curate a select product group of products. So maybe 10 of your best sellers. And in your videos, you can say, you can pick them up on our website and put the link because I know that we don't have the capacity to do it with maybe all of the catalog, the thousands of products that garden centers carry. Right. Right. But they certainly can, you know, choose some products to kind of promote that way for sure. Yep. 
and we're, we uh, did a virtual event last year called The Great Grow Along. And it was in partnership with a garden center out of Chicago called City Grange. And it was a virtual garden festival brought together 40 speakers from around the country. And it was three days. We had 10,000 attendees. It was really fun. And we planned it all in three months. So this year, we weren't sure whether Great Grow Along would be effective because who knew last year, who knew what this March was going to be like. But it looks like, once again, people are going to be starving for education. Like you said, Joanne, one of the most mm-hmm. important things here in keeping new customers is educating them. Uh, people still want that education. And they and a lot of our events are either postponed or canceled. So we're, again, launching the Great Grow Along March 11th. Oh, okay. And it's greatgrowalong.com. But this year, the cool thing is we have Shoppertainment available. So when the sessions are going live, you will be able to shop the products that people are talking about in their sessions. And so we're really, really excited that we're able to kind of close that loop for people. Not only are they able to learn in the moment, but they're able to get the products or the kits or whatever they need to do those projects on the spot. Excellent. Excellent. And we did uh, promote uh, because I follow you and and, uh, I thought it was a great event. Um, So we did we did chat about it. And because, you know, again, we're trying to educate our listeners as much as possible. So that was a really good event um, as well for us to promote. And I know, uh, you know, so many things have gone virtual, even, you know, a landscape designer conference, all the different things that we we really were hoping we're going to be back in person. So uh, so, yeah, so that is fascinating, though. So it will be really interesting to see if people can adapt to the to the shopping, you know, instant um, instant. Do you can you see that happening from a from a plant perspective or do you think it's more of like a product like hard, like more of a hard goods product? I see it happening from a plant perspective as well. Even um, I know that text-based shopping is becoming really popular. So there's a a wine text-based shopping where you get texts and they say, here's the special of the day. Text me how many, text back how many you want. So, you know, I think that the future of retail is even far beyond what we can even envision. Um, but I do think, I do think it's appropriate for plants. I think that people want plants shipped to their home, you know, plants, mm-hmm. lots of people, not me. I know the three of us love dirt in the back of our car, but, um, <laughs> soil, yes. sorry, but, yeah. um, I, I love, I love shopping for plants, but a lot of people just want the convenience of it being delivered. So mm-hmm. I think that it will work for plants too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we actually we have an upcoming guest in in a couple of, in, in addition to Dave's who was also you know I I ordered air plants and it was so cool to see how they came and how he packed them and and it's cold here and and he has the little he's thought of everything so that wow. was very great and he even though he's in um, because air plants are soilless um, he could also ship to the U.S. so that was a really cool thing because so many of the growers that we speak to right if they're in the U.S. they can only ship to the U.S. and if they're in Canada they can only ship within Canada so that was kind of exciting um, that when he announced oh yeah I can do it because there's no soil wow. right so wow. uh, so yeah so that was really uh, a great thing and um, so yeah so we I think it's exciting to see um, we do have a guest in a couple of weeks right Matt for um, called Plantsum. And I believe it's a new online uh, plant ordering uh, company. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing from him and and seeing because that sounds like it. The trend is right there. Yeah, I think it's a, a very intense science to figure out how to ship plants to people's homes. And I applaud yeah. people who can figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. But it's 
I think it's the future. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's exciting. That is very exciting. We have a couple of listeners just welcoming us back. Um, so Hank has said, welcome back. Happy New Year to all of us here, including our guest. Uh, he's looking forward to the show for the last few weeks. So that was, that's very nice. Oh. And um, oh, I was hoping you would have some gardening update tonight. Thanks for the info. So yes, he was hoping that we would be back. Jennifer was hoping we would be back. And so we are. So we're excited. Uh, to look here to talk to everybody and uh, and I, I'm excited about this trend but boy is it going to be dangerous for the pocketbook right like the, the impulse <laughs> purchase like it's taking impulse purchasing to the next level it is yeah yes. oh my yep. goodness but it's better yeah. plants than makeup I say yeah that's true, true. or jewel or something like <laughs> jewelry, jewelry or something. right right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this next one says zoning board. So that sounds yes. like an interesting title. Yeah. And when we created it, it never even crossed my mind that in the US, we have the USDA hardiness, our growing zones. Okay. And it never crossed my mind that people would think that this is in reference to zones, growing zones, but it's not. Um, it, it really is more about uh, creating areas of your home. And so as we, I don't know about you guys, but some of our regions here in the States are going back to virtual learning for Mm -hmm. our classrooms. And so you might have multi-generations under one home. My husband and I both work from home. We've got a kid out of daycare because of a COVID scare, a second grader. And so you need to create zones, a quiet Mm -hmm. zone. No, that's not in the report, but I would like a quiet (laughs) zone. Um, You know, you have an entertainment zone, you have a kid zone, you have a work from home zone. So you create these different zones. And so what we're trying to do here is help people understand what are the best plants for which zone. So in your work from home zone, maybe you need the arborvitae, you need four seasons of privacy, you need taller plants rather than something that's going to add a lot of bold color, like maybe in your entertainment zone, which is where you want to pack in your annuals and have a lot of bright color. So it was really, really fun and a different way to, for people to look, look at gardening is looking at your, I'm sure you guys do this in your designs, looking at your outdoor rooms, just like you would in, in inside as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That's exactly what here, I thought. Yeah. yeah. But the big part here is what we're calling the front yard zone and obviously curb appeal. Curb appeal has been around forever, yeah. but here is what we're seeing the searches, because we use Google Trends in our search, we use a, a bunch of other um, sites as well, but Google Trends, the searches for front yards peaked last April. It was like people were searching how to spruce up their front. And there's so many reasons to that. I think we're home, so we're sprucing up everything, but also that enables you to invite people. You could, They're walking by, we're walking so much more, they can come up to your front porch without crossing the threshold of your home. And so it makes you feel a little bit more safe. You can entertain on your front porch. So we saw intense projects from, you know, redoing the entire thing to just window boxes and maybe a few sheer curtains. So really exciting to see this whole new space um, get dedicated attention for not just plants, but lots of lots of hardscaping as well. Wow. Well, as a landscape designer, I can totally, again, agree with you because People are, you know, the other thing is less lawn. So there, people are seeing the less there, you know, are not as attached to their lawns as they used to be and turning their lawn into living space. So um, exactly. So wanting people that don't like me, don't have a front porch per se, but created a front sitting area on my front yard. 
So I would say like several designs last year involved that of homeowners saying they didn't just want the walkway to the door. They wanted a place where they could have a sitting area. Sometimes it was for light conditions. You know, Mm -hmm. the backyard was too hot. So they wanted a shady spot or the opposite where their sun, their backyard was too cool and shady because of all the trees, but that they got, you know, had that they craved the sun that was at their front Mm -hmm. yard. So I think there's a lot of reasons, but I could definitely uh, agree with you. And also in my neighborhood, you know, walking and having people sitting out, like they wanted to be, everybody needed to be kept separate, but we didn't want to be in their backyard. They wanted to still see people and, you know, and watch the kids ride their bikes. And that's something that often happens. I find um, with young couples, they, you know, when they're designing their backyard, they make it very, it's all the focus tends to be for on the kids. And I'm always quick to say, as I am a mom, as well as a designer, like, well, the kids quickly, once they ride a bike and play, pick up a hockey stick or a basketball, they're in the front yard. Like, that's where you really want to be. I said, the backyard can be the adult space, you know, with a little bit of, you know, space, obviously for the kids, but, but they want to be in the front yard. So I think that's another reason is we're not only are we home, but our kids are home and our kids are in the front yard, right? They're riding their bikes. They're playing on the driveway. And, um, so yeah, I can, I can totally see that. And I think that, so I definitely, I wasn't sure what zoning board meant, but, and I wasn't thinking of, um, of plant zones, but, uh, definitely household zones. So, uh, so yes. And I commend you so much with trying to work from home with young children. So <laughs> all my friends who are my age, we are like in deep sympathy for you guys. <laughs> we thought we were out of the woods, but thankfully we're not, we're not virtual yet. So my, okay four-year-old is can entertain herself it's the second grader who's harder oddly enough so luckily yeah. she's still in school all day yeah well good luck and hopefully Thanks. that stays there <laughs> that stays. um because yes after our kids here did not return after christmas yeah. so uh oh. so yeah so we're waiting to see but um anyway so um so these are exciting so i just love it i mean i i'm sure it's music to your ears to like i'm i feel like i'm um I'm uh, what is it called? Uh, the choir. Pre- you're preaching to the choir, yeah. right? By <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, yeah, um, no. I, that's what I think. The other thing about trends is people uh, are wondering what they are. And then they sh- I love to see when I present to an audience, people nodding their heads because <clears throat> and then, of course, once you hear them, you'll see them everywhere as well. People start to identify them more. So yes, I do love that you guys agree. I don't know if you would tell me otherwise, but <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is it is nice um, to hear the feedback. Oh, good. Yeah, we kind of are really badly honest that way sometimes. But yeah, but, yeah, but so far, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would say it nicely, but yes, yes. And Lori has just chimed in and saying she's already breaking out her credit cards. <laughs> Happy New Year. So, yeah. <laughs> so that is exciting. Um, so the bridging the gap. Yes. So when you were talking earlier about education, this is our trend that focuses on that education. So this is when we call um, bridging the gap, what we really are talking about is those reported 18 million gardeners in the U.S. And I don't know worldwide. I'm not sure if you guys have figures, but, you know, millions and millions, tens of millions of new people entered the hobby, but they are beginner gardeners. And oftentimes we forget as garden professionals you know, even just today, we were talking about fall planted bulbs and spring planted bulbs. And someone said to me, I'm sorry, I know this is a dumb question, but there are bulbs that you can plant in the spring. And so I think often we for, we forget that this audience knows the does not know the difference between an annual and a perennial. 
And so it's even though year after year, we feel like, why don't they know it already? They're new customers just entering the space. And so we really need to bridge that gap between our knowledge and their knowledge, create that bridge. And there's so many ways to create that bridge. Um, But I think that it's, it's going back to basics here and how it's up to the garden businesses to educate these people Mm -hmm. because they're going to go to the internet to try to find the information. And, you know, your show has provides great accurate information. There are sources out there that do not provide great accurate information. True. So you need to be careful about where you get that. And so it's important for our retailers, our, you know, our um, writers, our designers, these people to really be at the forefront of educating people. And we think social media is a great place to do that as well, you know, between Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. I don't know if either of you are on TikTok, but it is incredible how many people plant top. There's a whole hashtag for plant top. There are so many people going into a garden center and doing a tour on TikTok of the garden center, not paid by the garden center, having nothing to do with the garden center, just that they love this place so much. They think it's heaven on earth. And sometimes, most times the garden center never even replies because they're not on TikTok to see it. So it's incredible. It's It's incredible that that these people are out there and they're looking for that knowledge. And so it's important for us to provide them with that strong base, give them the kinds of things that they want, especially like curating, curating collections. Mm -hmm. So it's not enough for them, for you to just kind of operate in a silo, say you must have my fertilizer. You need to educate them as to, you know, the importance of, of soil testing and healthy soil and, you know, give them the full picture and the background in order Mm -hmm. to then, you know, once you do that, hopefully they'll understand why they need your product and you won't need to sell it to them. So that's really what this trend is about is, um, big, is the education, the importance of educating this new customer. Last year, we called them the backyard aficionado. So we profiled oh, yeah. this customer in our trends last ah, year, talked about okay. what they were interested in. The main three things they're interested in are uh, vegetable gardening, gardening for wildlife and gardening for health and wellness. Those are the mm-hmm. kind of niches that they would put their gardens in. And I don't know if you guys see that with your designs, yeah. people, people have really honed in on reasons that they're gardening. Like, oh, I want a pollinator garden. And it's like, well, why? Well, I don't know. I just think it's important. <laughs> yes. it important. Um, yeah. and so, you know, but that's great. I love that people are very specific about their wants and they're no idea how to achieve it, but um, those are the things they're interested in. So let's make sure that we're giving them the products that can help a- achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree again with with what you're saying. And I think like I think when I started this started designing gardens, you know, 18 years ago, I'd go to people's homes, and they needed me to take out the fruit trees and take out the vegetable gardens to put in, you know, ornamental things and ornamental trees. And now it's the opposite. Now people are asking for fruit trees and are asking for vegetable gardens. Pretty much, I would say like, honestly, nine and a half out of 10. Wow. People want, I mean, and, and and it might not be, you know, like a, you know, a 20 by 30 yeah. vegetable garden, but, you know, place for containers, a place where they can do it in even a small scale for themselves, for their children. Um, it's, it's really been uh, amazing. Um, you know, the keeners that want to try to do it within their other ornamental gardens, you know, that type of thing. So, uh, so yeah, definitely. Um, and the fruit trees, I think that's just near the end of the, um, of the year, we started to notice that. Hey, Matt, even more questions on, on on our show about fruit trees and and things like that. 
So, uh, so that's exciting. I did have one question. Like the, the challenge with social media is getting the local to you information, right? Because the person, yeah. the problem is, you know, like you said about yeah. the bulbs and I mean, I noticed also the trend at the, in the fall with the, um, like the hibiscus, like it's an, or it's an indoor hibiscus plant that yes, people put on the patio, but there were people that were actually putting them in their garden, you know, and they didn't realize that that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't grow outside. So I, sometimes I think it's how do we get that information properly through social media, but to the right zone in the right areas, right? That is so important. And that goes back to that, like who is sending out the information? And I often think our garden retailers, we put a lot of emphasis on them, but they really do serve the community. And when you're following a retailer, they don't need a hundred thousand followers. You are just, you need your area. So, um, I do think that that is important. I also like the idea of designers. Also, you guys as landscape designers are serving your community. Sure. I'm sure if someone wanted to fly you to California to do a design, you wouldn't say no or Hawaii, but um, (laughs) your expertise is in your region, you know, with the growing conditions and the plants. So I think um, there are these big influencers with 200,000 followers. And I think that they produce fun content, but it's too generic. Our, our garden, you know, if you really want to follow, you need to listen to the radio. You need to listen to your local garden radio stations. You need to follow your local designers on social media, follow your local garden retailers, because they're going to be giving you that very regional specific information. Excellent. Well, thanks for shouting out to us for that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking about uh, local garden centers and radio shows and people who write books, perhaps, uh, I'm just going to jump in here and say thank you, everyone, uh, for joining us here live on uh, Reality Radio 101. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host, Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down of the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests, such as Katie DeBow joining us here from Garden Media Group this evening, uh, who join us here on the show. So don't forget, you can spend more time with us down the garden path and get lots of locally relevant information uh, with lots of past episodes. And you can find us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Down the Garden Path Podcast. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from you. You can always write us here at instudio101 at gmail.com if you've got perhaps a trend question or comment on all the wonderful 2022 trends that Katie is talking about. Uh, And you can always reach us at instudio101 at gmail.com off the show because our wonderful Gary, uh, our producer Gary, affords us our mail and we love hearing from you. So I think we've covered some of the trends. What's after uh, bridging the gap? Yes. So, uh, you know, you shouldn't pick a baby, a favorite child, but this is probably my second favorite (laughs) coming up as my favorite, but this is my second favorite trend. Um, because I, I, once I, we pinpointed, I just saw it everywhere and we call it living television. And this is the trend of backyard birding. And Mm -hmm. I am telling Ah. you, it's incredible to me how many times since we've 
our trends came out that someone has told me or I've observed people watching the birds, people taking vacations to go watch birds. I was on vacation this summer and my 11 year old nephew's laying on the beach with a hat over his head, reading a book. And I'm looking at book, looking to see what he's reading. And I said, what are you reading? And he said, oh, the birds of Martha's Vineyard. And he and his mother live in Brooklyn, New York. And every Saturday they go to Park Slope and they look at birds. And he wanted to go on vacation and go birding. Eleven years old, oh, so it's oh really, my gosh, yeah. And you know, it's a, it's, it is a hobby that many people obviously loved long before the mm-hmm. pandemic. But yeah. what a great way to calm your mind, to be in nature, possibly be with others, but socially distanced, and and yeah. really just unplug and disconnect. And that's one of the things I think that people loved about birds. And then it's so easy. I mean, between going out and watching birds or sticking some of those feeders on your windows. Have you seen those suction cup feeders? Mm-hmm. People yeah. love yes. those. And so it's um, it's the, the sales of feeders are just booming. Anything that has to do with birds. But I think that that's, you know, that's really great in itself. That would be a fun trend in itself. But the thing that we saw happening as we were learning more and talking more to to retailers who sold bird food or uh, people who are interested in the hobby is that the more they observed the birds, the more they noticed what plants the birds liked, what plants the birds Uh, like to uh eat, what plants the birds like to nest in. So it became (laughs) that gateway for people to add more to their yard. Oh, I noticed that maybe a hawk flies by and the birds don't have any cover. So I need more understory trees or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. These, this obsession with birds has driven even a greater obsession with plants. And so of course I love that. I love birds too. Can't have a garden without, without pollinators and birds. But um, I love that people's interest in birds has also sparked an interest in plants. Oh, that's great. It's like they're seeing the cycle that was always there and they're reconnecting with the greater web and they're having that inspiration and that desire to become part of it again. And like you said, just reconnect. I think that's so wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, all feeding the birds in four seasons, you know, in climates like ours where the leaves go off the trees, I think people put feeders out. But it's also helping people realize that they can also supplement the food with natural food. So it's just been really, really fun to see how people are um, taking a trend and kind of relating it to plants. And our next one, I don't know if you guys have any questions about that, more questions, but our next one does the same thing. So the next trend is called on-demand flowers. Mm -hmm. And this trend we've never written about in the 22 years, 21 years we've been doing this, never written about cut flowers before. Really? So this is the first time we've we've talked about cut flowers and a couple reasons why. One, we, we felt like over and over again, we heard in the pandemic that people were giving flowers to people, dropping them off on their stoop. And we thought, flowers are the new hugs. We can't hug each other. So we're giving flowers. So cut flower sales are booming. And so it, it also brings that joy you guys know, and all you listeners out there know how wonderful it feels to have cut flowers in your home. But particularly if you can cut them from your own garden, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that's yep. what we're seeing with this trend. So retailers, if they don't have a cut flower division, we see them bringing in um, local flower trucks. And so enabling people to get that like slow flower experience, even if you don't sell them. And the thing that when the retailers we talked to who did that, very few of them, but we talked to a few, and they said, the crazy thing is 
week after week, people would come in to get their bouquets. And then people started coming to the garden center saying, well, I had a dahlia in my bouquet. Can I just grow that in my own garden? And so yes. they were making the connection between the flowers they loved in their bouquets and saying, wait, wait a minute. I don't need to spend $50 on this bouquet. I can grow a whole garden of these and have them all summer long. So that was really exciting too, for us that, uh, people were making, again, they were taking a hobby that they love that thought that they thought was nice, you know, a nice thing to have and observe from afar and really then absorbing it into their lives and going all in on a cut flower garden, or even just maybe, you know, two dahlia tubers or, you know, whatever you're do mm-hmm. doing, you're now incorporating this in your life and it becomes a part of who you are. Now, are you seeing, are you, have you seen any connection with, um, cause I've noticed the trend of flower farmers. Um, so they're, you know, so, you know, with a little bit of yard and a lot of work, um, or a big yard, you know, that there's like a trend of people, growing, you know, growing, like, you know, growing their own flowers to sell. Yes, we have in our, you know, I'm here in Southeastern Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia. And um, um, do you have the app next door? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this whole big chatter about a, a community where these people were growing cut flowers on their two acres and how the traffic was insane because people were coming by to visit the farm, pick up their CSA shares. And it was like, they're growing flowers guys. Why are you so upset about it? But yeah, I think that you're seeing this pop up. People are taking advantage. Like you said earlier, Joanne, getting rid of their lawn. Okay. This lawn's not serving us. What can we do instead? And I see it just driving down the road. I see rows of dahlias in someone's yard. And I think, what are they doing with all of those? So I think that is really cool. It's these backyard micro flower farms, you know, the real slow flower movement, like really local, getting them from your backyard. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yes, we've had a few, uh, like, you know, on a bigger scale on the show as guests on the show. So a shout out to Country Cut Flowers, as well as the Delia May Flower Farm in our areas. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 I think it, I think that's the next step, right? Is those micro, micro uh, growers. So I think that's really exciting. Um, And who doesn't love flowers? Like, honestly, and I love that about flowers being the new hug. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's so cute. It's true. It's true. You can surprise somebody with a bouquet all summer long. Go and just drop them off on people's doorsteps. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. I'm I'm often called the flower fairy, like the garden fairy or the flower fairy, because if anybody like of all my friends over the years, like found plants on their front, their doorstep, it it would be from me. (laughs) Like I didn't, you know, so yeah, (laughs) that is a title that I would be honored to have. Yes. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so yeah, these have been fabulous. And I, I have to say, I honestly agree with all of them. Um, but we've got a Same. couple more. So I think we can get them in. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have two more. And this this seventh one is my favorite. So this is my favorite child. Um, <laughs> it's called Wild Curation. And as we were, it, and, and, and funnily, it came off and on and off and on the trends list, which, you know, we have a lot on the cutting room floor. So um and it was the research at Mount Cuba, which is a, a private garden here in Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a public garden, but it's, it's for not-for-profit. And um, they are a native plant garden. And they did some research recently that showed that one in five of the world's plants are at the risk of extinction. So we hear a lot, I think, about endangered or extinct 
plant, uh, animal species, you know, you hear, especially as a child, I felt like I always heard about endangered species and what we need to do to save the animal or save the blue whale or save the white rhinoceros. And I think they got a lot of attention, but rarely have I heard about endangered or extinct plants. And so this new research actually triples what the last research showed that plants were extinct. And so we know how important plant life is. And we know that sprawling development and lots of invasive plants and lots of other activities have um, reduced the number of plants that we have in the wild. And so it's incredibly important to conserve those plants and shine a spotlight on the fact that, you know what, animals are endangered and extinct and we need to support them. And we equally need to support our endangered mm-hmm. and extinct plants. Yes. And so in our research, we found that the botanical gardens in Mexico City actually have this program. So they have been um, breed, growing some of the extinct plants, bringing them back from extinction, growing them in their botanic gardens, in their greenhouses. And then they have an adoption program, an official adoption program where you can register to be an adoptive parent of one of these plants. You get a certificate. You have to sign a contract saying you'll report back to the botanical garden, let them know how the process is going. You have to share pictures and you have to commit that you are taking responsibility for one of these seedlings that they are bringing back from extinction. And you're going to commit that you're going to take care of this plant. So you really become a plant parent in full sense of the word. And so when I read that the botanical garden in Mexico is doing that, and they have about 20, 20 species, 20 varieties that they're working on bringing back to life. And then the the adoptive parents will return either the main plant, they keep keep cuttings or they share cuttings, however, whatever type of plant it is, Mm -hmm. um, it varies. But I thought this is something that needs to happen here in the States. And the Mount Cuba, where the research came out of, they are creating an extinction garden. And so they're going to have an entire garden on on their property dedicated to the rejuvenation of endangered plants. And then also, I think it's important here about educating people. Okay, so it's going to be a very small percentage of the population who wants to adopt some of these plants and take care of them. But even greater than that is educating the population about how our actions can endanger plant species. For example, mm-hmm. my dad has this aquarium. We went to his house the other day. He's an old biology teacher. So he loves plants and animals and he has lizards now. So his new pet, new hobby is lizards. And he shows me, he just got these um, Venus flytraps. And I said, dad, did you know that the Venus flytrap is actually an endangered species? And they are often illegally harvested out of North Carolina where they are native to. And he was looking at me like I had six heads and <laughs> it just takes the education and making sure that people are making responsible choices, not only where they buy their plants, but then how they, how they react, you know, making sure they don't put invasives because the invasives spread out into our forests, putting um, synthetic chemicals on the lawn that might kill our native native plants and not support the wildlife. So there's a lot of activities besides being an adoptive parent that you can do to support native plants. Wonderful. That is fascinating about I know, the it's adoption program. That yes. is very cool. I could see Matt's like, <laughs> I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> and then I'm texting my uh, partner, can you please water the Venus flytrap? Make right. sure it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And they're like, yes. 
did you change their diaper today? Yeah, I know. It's um, it's intense, but I love that it's already happening. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when we do our trends, we we can't just have this great big idea. We need to make sure that it is plausible, that something mm-hmm. can happen. This can actually make change. And so seeing that that program is successful, it's been running is is very exciting to me that shows that other places can do that as well. Excellent. Wow. That's yep. very interesting. I know. I can't wait to tell my students about that. <laughs> That'll be so cool. Well, as we reach the last six minutes, I think we have one more trend to quickly cover. And then we want to make sure that um, we plug all of your information and where Great. we can find all these um, amazing trends and people can follow you and learn along with you. So why don't we hit that last trend? Yes. So every year, with the exception of last year, we do a color and it's just fun. Like all trends for us, it's just fun. Um, last year, we did not think it was very fun. So we left it out. We just could think of black or gray, like Pantone picked gray. So um, we picked green this year. Green was our color of the year. And the reason that we picked green was because it was that idea of, of crisis to innovation. We're coming out of a dark winter and we are being reborn in spring. You know, we are this, this idea of rejuvenation. It's really to us, that is what green represents is that first sign of spring renewal, rebirth. It's Mm -hmm. optimistic, rejuvenating, invigorating, all of those things that we need right now. This is the time when we need a color like that. And funnily enough, I don't know if you saw that every other trend spotting firm then started to pick the hues of green, Mm -hmm. like Benjamin Moore paints, Sherwin-William paints. Bear. Um, it was incredible how many other people picked a hue, like avocado, yeah. you know, let's say a yes. hue of green. So it was really nice to see that lots of people, I think, felt the same way. And that the idea, most people would talk about the idea of connecting to nature. And that a paint company is out there talking about the optimism and the positivity and the joyfulness of nature. You know, that's just really cool to me yeah. that it's other people are are uh, taking the profession or the hobby that we love and they're making it something that's a way of life. Oh, that is yeah, that is very cool. And it's yeah. it's it's very true too. That is great. And I have seen the green. It's someone who's been looking at pink colors, yet there's been some lots of greens. <laughs> right. I was just gonna say the same thing. I'm looking at a new color for the office with my house plants, and it's gonna be a green this year. Yeah, yeah. and it's green on green. green. Green on green looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's good. In fact, I'm trying to find artwork and it keeps having blue in it. I'm like, I don't want blue. I want green. (laughs) Well, Pantone did come out. I'm sure you saw their color of the year. I call it blurple. They call it very peri. Um, But, you know, and that is beautiful as well. You know, we've got a lot of beautiful plants in our, um, in, in the world and mother nature that, that fit that color. And it goes great with green. So we can all play nicely together in the trend world. That's right. So why don't you tell us, so we do have, um, Sue has written in asking how does she get our guest publications? Um, but, and you're not only your publications like the garden trend but report, but also tell people more about learning how they can sign up for the grow. Yes. Newsletter. Great. So, yeah. um, great grow along. So great grow along. Thank you. I was like, Phew, right out of my um, head. You can find our trends report at gardenmediagroup.com backslash trends. And not only can you see 2022, but you can see the past 21 reports if you're really interested. Um, And so that's at gardenmediagroup.com. You can follow along at Garden Media Group. I'm also on Facebook at Katie, uh, Katie Garden Girl, Katie Dubow, but Katie Garden Girl is my business page. So you can find me there. And I 
I, you know, like you guys post a lot of fun garden stuff as well. Um, and if you're interested in joining us for the great grow along, it'll be March 11th through the 20th. It's actually going to be for 10 days this year. Really excited. And that's at greatgrowalong.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we're, we will continue to talk about that. Yeah, great. Say, you're writing that down right now. I am. <laughs> I am you. for so sure. For it. sure. Yes. I mean, I think again, I really think education is key. I mean, Matt, that's why Matt and I have this passion to do yeah. the show every week and have yeah. for eight years. Um, we're working on a book based on the stuff we talk about on the show, awesome. like to continue to help and educate people. And so things like, you know, the garden trends report, I think is important and all the educating, um, you know, it's great grow along. I think that's a great idea. And just how you have been able to adapt to what the situation's been. Right. So who knows what we'll do next year, you know, who to do knows? That. so who uh, knows? Love to come back and talk about it. Excellent. So. <laughs> We'd love to have you back. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and our uh, and it's exciting. Even though it comes out in September, we just feel like it's a kickoff to the year. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most people talk about it in January, too. This is a time of, of, of rebirth, right? That's Bring right. 2022. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. So so thank you so much. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so both. much. Thank you both. It was wonderful being here. And um, thank you all for tuning in on this first episode. I'm so excited to listen to the rest of your guests for the year. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, everyone. And we will see you uh, next Monday evening at 7 as we begin a brand new season here on Reality Radio 101. You are listening to Down the Garden Path. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your host, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing right here on Reality Radio 101.